Good day, good day, good day, everyone. It's your boy, B-O-I. Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, right here on the Pete the Planner Show. It's Friday about noon Eastern for the live recording on Facebook Live and YouTube Live of the Pete the Planner Show, including the podcast. Joining me, uh, well, hey, Dame. I can't hear you all of a sudden. I literally can't hear you immediately upon starting the show. What did you do different? You're muted. Unmute your mic. Oh, boy, this is fun. See, it says you're muted in the system there. And I'm back. Oh, my gosh. What a great start to the show. Damn, I was just about to say I got uh, an iTunes review this week about someone says they do not like the new format because of all the technical difficulties between <laughs> segments. And so, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's weird. And I know this is just a creator's angst. I don't know if I really care about someone not liking the show. I, just, I, I have to admit, and I'm sorry. And I know that sounds rude. And like, well, I've never, I'll never listen to the show again. Fantastic. Hello, Blake. Good day to you on uh, Facebook live. Hello to a uh, listener of the year 2020 Danza greetings and salutations to you, Daniel. Good day. If today is your payday, then I'd like to wish you a happy payday. We're a Wednesday payday organization, Dame, and we got paid this past Wednesday. Yay. It's pretty fantastic. Dame on the show this week. Here is our pre-production meeting that is happening right now. We are going to talk about president elect Biden's stimulus uh, bill that he's proposing. We're going to go through the factors of that. We're going to discuss it. What's good, what's bad, what's realistic, what's unrealistic. What do we think will help? What will we not think will help? Uh, hopefully, we disagree about some stuff and we don't uh, punch each other in the face. Uh, next, we're going to hit a question about debt, I believe, whether to pay off some debt or to do something else with the money and uh, lots of other fun and frivolity. And my biggest waste of money this week is a doozy. I think you're going to really like it. Excellent. All right, so it's with that. That le oh, hey, Betty White, welcome to the show. Betty, I have to tell you something really funny. Um, I was on Twitter yesterday, I think, and Betty White was trending because I think the Should other be. Betty White uh, is going to be 99 years old, I think, or something like that. And the second I saw Betty White trending, honestly, for the first time ever, I immediately thought of you and not the other Betty White. Which is really funny because, you, you know, it's an iconic name. You see Betty White and you're like, eh. You think of the old Betty White, but I thought of our friend Betty White for the first time ever. Yeah, just yesterday. Let's, let's All right, Dan, let's start the show. Okay. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. You either listen for the answer on the radio and various markets and whatnot, or you Watch Facebook or YouTube live noon on Fridays, or you listen to the podcast, which uh, was a couple days late this week, but it happens. I don't, you know, whatever. We're in the midst of a pandemic. If we're, our podcast comes out two dates late and it makes you feel bad things about us, then that's on you, bro. Damian Dunn joins me as always, vice president of advice at your money line and Hey Money. Hello, Dame. Good day, Pete. Good day to you. Dame, uh, so president-elect Biden, familiar with him, correct? I've heard of him. Yes. He uh, just released on Thursday, the 14th, his $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through it, see what we think is good, what we think is less than good, what will work, what will not work, what is 
what is uh, perfect for the ripe environment that we find ourselves in and things that aren't perfect for the less than ripe environment that we find ourselves in. At first glance, Dame, in looking at this uh, proposal, I have to say it's eerily familiar and similar to the proposal that the Democrats passed in the House last summer and then went nowhere because uh, the Senate didn't want to do anything with it. Go figure, huh? Who would have thought? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm surprised that um, now a three or two, three branches, two branches of government are, are now fully controlled by the Democrats, that they would come out with the exact same thing that they thought was a good idea the first time. And for what it's worth, and this may be worth nothing, I thought it was a good idea last time. And I think it would have bridged the gap much better than the people are dying financially and barely surviving. And then we're going to spit out $600 to them at the end of the year, which was not at all helpful. I think this was the right bill in July. And now what you and I are going to figure out is, is it the right bill now? All right. So right off the top, direct payments of $1,400 to most Americans, bringing the total relief this round to $2,000, which includes December's $600 payment. So Dame, at first glance, this being the sexiest part of the bill, what, what, do, you, what do you think about that element? I understand it. I, I still wish there was a more uh, refined way to get money to the people that actually need it. Um, however, in the back of my mind, I often think, that I complain about how government spends money and this is a chance for individuals to go out in their own local communities and have an impact on that that area that they live in with uh, the money instead of uh, letting the government decide where it's going to go. So uh, part of me likes the ability for the individual to control uh, or at least have an impact on the, uh, the destiny of their community. At the same time, I wish uh, the, the money was just going to the people that actually needed it. Can are we going to be tedious and and say that people are just getting their own money back? You know, do you, you know what I mean by that? Like, I, I sometimes I think people get caught up in that and it gets weird. Do you think it's an important distinction to say, well, we're just paying kind of less in taxes because it's a forward tax credit? Is that important? Yeah, it's a pre-funded tax credit, but it's still revenue that the, the government is not uh, keeping. It's got to be funded somehow. I mean, this is a $1.9 trillion tax bill or you know, recovery bill or whatever you want to look at it. And it's going to have to be funded by borrowing, additional borrowing. So yes, we are getting our money back, but there's still needs for spending inside of the government. So it's going to have to be accounted for somehow. So yeah, we're getting our money back, but it's going to come from somewhere else. And that means uh, more debt. Yeah, you know, I have to I have to talk about this, despite the fact that I don't really want to talk about this. During the first stimulus, when people got paid out in last April, there were certain stocks and companies and consumer brands that sales went through the roof because consumers are able to buy whatever they want with their stimulus plans. And, and they chose, um, a, a lot of consumers chose to uh, acquire material goods that were not survival type thing basically nike stock went through the roof is what mm -hmm. i'm saying um and, and that sounds it's i don't want to talk about it because it's really easy to to get into some strange areas there people can spend money however they want um which is why i think states like hawaii and some other smaller municipalities decided when it comes to stimulus plans to preload restaurant gift cards to have a more targeted spending approach, which, which which I think is smart, but I don't think on this level, 
the the federal government could do something like that. I think the $2,000 was more appropriate. I think that's the right amount. I'm on the, I definitely think it should be more targeted amounts for people who are really struggling, but I think there's something to be said for people not struggling, getting the money so that they can pump it into the economy because the, the last bit of relief was so long ago that that $2,000 going to a struggling household isn't stimulating the economy. It's getting them current on their back rent and all those sorts of things. So that's one element of the bill that I'm okay with and, and is not that shocking, right? All right, next one. Increasing the federal per, per week unemployment benefit to $400 and extending it through the end of September. All right, so the big news here is the increase to 400 and extension through September. And that is on top of whatever state benefits still exist. Dame, do you have thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's a nice gesture uh, to those that are still struggling to find work. I I've saw a report earlier this week that uh, the, the people hardest hit, big surprise again, are uh, minorities uh, that are, are just really struggling trying to get reemployed and reconnected to a, a well-paying job at this point or any job at this point. So I think that those benefits could go a long way in uh, getting some stability into those communities as well. And we'll see uh, how that plays out. But I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, is hopefully employment continues to increase in America, that that benefit will actually be used in areas that it actually means something. Uh, hopefully uh, communities that are a little underserved typically. There's two schools of thought on unemployment. There's one, it needs to be low so it doesn't disincentivize people from seeking work. Um, and then there's two, the, the second way to look at it is, get people the help they need and assume that they'll go back to work. Uh, an old part of me is in group one uh, from years ago, but I think my sensibility has shifted more to group two that I would rather err on the side of caution because I feel like in 2020, based on how the bills went through, we erred on this group one. And I, I don't think it had the impact on the economy we really wanted. So that is, is also occurring to me, Dan, there's zero chance that we get through all these provisions in one segment. So now we've got a two segment. Thank you, President-elect Biden. All right, element number three, Dame here, increasing the federal minimum wage, this could be two segments, to $15 per hour. Bold move, Cotton. What do you think about this one, Dame? <laughs> um, I don't care for it. Okay. I, I, I think... Um, the fifteen dollars. I'm I'm not for a flat minimum wage across the country anyway, because what what's appropriate entirely in one area of the country might be um, too much in another. So I I would love to see it more geographically um, uh, administered and decided upon. But also uh, the purpose of minimum wage jobs, I, I think, is it comes into the conversation as well. So. Fifteen bucks an hour. While if you you know go back and do the numbers and keep up with inflation, yes, it should be closer uh, to this. Uh, I, I'm not sure it's appropriate, especially for this bill. You could potentially have this conversation and, and do something with this uh, down the road, but I think this might be a poison pill for the bill as a whole to try and get through as a fifteen dollar minimum wage. I'm just sitting here thinking as I'm listening to you talk, I both agree and disagree with you, what you've just said, but for like five different reasons, like we align, we're unaligned, but here's what we'll do. We're going to take a break, towel off and coming up after the break, I will tell you why Damien Dunn is both right and is wrong when it comes to his opposition 
of the $15 hour minimum wage in this COVID relief bill. You won't want to miss this. This could change the direction of your life. I just killing time until we hit the break. I'm Pete the Planner. And this is the Pete the Planner show. All right, I'm not going to ruin it during the break here and tell you why I disagree <laughs> with you and agree with you because I think it's much better served on the show. So let me look at the audio lined up and we're not killing any time here. We're getting right back to it. We do need to see some hellos out to people in the crowd here. Uh, Danza does note the $600 is a slap in the face. Concur. Uh, Levi. Oh, hello. Good day, uh, Levi. This makes me want to Roth harder than ever. <laughs> I like Roth as a verb. What a nerd, Levi. You're a nerd. I'm just kidding. So are we. Um, next up is... Jordan, uh, would be great if they would give the money with the caveat, it must be spent within a certain timeline to ensure that money goes into the economy and isn't just put into a savings account. This obviously makes more sense for those who don't need the stimulus I'm with you there. Uh, maybe they just need to provide cash cards with an expiration date or Olive, <laughs> Olive Garden gift cards, whatever. Uh, Danza says, minimum just went to $14 here in California. Seems appropriate for here. Maybe too much for less expensive areas. Uh, hey, dude, Indiana's is criminally low. 765, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I mean, that's a full day's work. You're making 50 bucks. That's absurd. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to tip my hand. Next segment in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. It's the Damien Dunn is clinically wrong reason. I'm just kidding. Uh, Damien, before the break was, we're going through uh, President-elect Biden's 1.9 stimulus bill proposal. And one of the factors, one of the elements of that is a $15 federal minimum wage. Uh, if you joined us before the break, uh, co-host extraordinaire Damien Dunn says uh, he's not for that in this bill specifically. I agree that it does not have a place in this bill. But I disagree, and I do believe it has a place in our, our country. I think I am I am 100% for a $15 minimum wage, federal minimum wage. And I say this as an employer who doesn't pay anywhere, anyone close to that. Um, but I think to put it in a stimulus bill in this economy, with this level of unemployment, with this number of... Um, employers struggling, I think it's a poison pill. I, I think I think it is absolutely making this bill dead on arrival if this is uh, a must-have for the Democrats. I support the concept. I don't think it has a place here, despite the fact that I fully realize that giving people what I believe they earn, $15 an hour, in tough times helps them, I think the negative impact on business growth would be a major, major issue. So I don't know. So Dame, do we agree or disagree on that? Um, on that section, we agree. I'll take it. All right, next up. Extending the eviction and foreclosure moratoriums until the end of September. Boy, okay. So, okay, cool, fine, great. Um, but unless there's money for landlords, uh, what are we doing? Because this alone is going to bankrupt mom and pop landlords all over the country. This is a terrible piece of policy. 
unless there is money for landlords. And there is not, according to this rundown on CNBC, money for landlords. This is not landlords versus tenants as the government is painting it, right? This is not, oh, we're going to protect the landlord or we're going to protect the tenants and the landlords are on their own. We can't do that because these landlords go out and spend money, have their own lives. Why should they be left high and dry without any sort of funds from the government in this capacity? So I think that is a terrible part of the bill that should be pushed back on. Keep the September number, keep the September date, but there better be some funds for landlords. Yeah, without some additional help for landlords, the just like you said, the mom and pop, the the family that's got two, three, maybe four rentals that they they need people to be in those those units to make sure that they can cash flow everything. And you know, a good landlord would have some reserves to be able to cover uh, some some uh, vacancies in in their units but not for the length of time that we've been looking at. I would, at that point, you're, you're talking about needing to sell the property to get out from underneath it. And there's going to be a flood of opportunities to, or a flood of uh, uh, properties on the, the market that's going to drive down other property values. And it's just going to cause a, a huge, huge problem for uh, renters and uh, landlords alike. The next part of the bill, uh, proposed bill, the president-elect's $1.9 trillion, president-elect Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan is $350 billion in state and local government aid. Dame, if you remember correctly, this was one of the provisions that prevented <laughs> a bill from happening prior to December because uh, Republican legislators didn't want anything to do with this. So now that the Democrats have control of both sides of the House and the White House, for that matter, do you think, A, it's a good part of the bill, and B, do you think it kills the bill? I think it's going to be another one of those things that actually is going to have to be negotiated between the two parties at this point. Uh, like you said, it, it stopped it in its tracks last time. I think some states that were aggressive with cost-cutting measures during the year um, – are going they're they're not going to be in the in the black but they're going to be a lot closer to even than they may have attempted they may have thought I, I think i saw an article that california with a, a little bit of help would be in really good shape uh this year actually um so i i'm not sure the number is entirely appropriate and you know i i don't want anybody to uh, uh to think about their you know state uh, going bankrupt but uh, i i would love to see a more a refined calculation on what would actually be needed to make sure that the needs are being uh, accommodated for. I don't think there's any doubt that states like California and Illinois have some fiscal warts. Right? Oh yeah, they've got other problems. Not, I mean, not just uh, pandemic related, but there's there's other issues going on inside of some of these states. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I, certainly, before the pandemic, some mismanagement, some bad choices some bad luck, whatever you want to call it. Those states specifically have really struggled. However, I feel like the reluctance to fund with relief those states during the pandemic felt more punitive than it did logical. I felt that, um, to your point, Dame, with just the right amount of assistance, you, you can get people up and going again. It's and that's what I struggle with. I, I'm for this $350 billion in state and local government aid. 
but I don't think it's going to happen because I think it feels like you're bailing states out. And, and as uh, someone who is fiscally conservative wants nothing to do with bailing states out, which I disagree with, but I also appreciate that stance, right? Sure. Uh, next up. 170 billion for K through 12, K12 schools and institutions of higher education. So of course I want schools to get money. I think education is very important, but this one seems inherently vague and I would want to know a lot, a lot, a lot more. I think you and I both feel despite the fact that we're proponents of higher education. We, we also feel like there's a tremendous amount of waste in higher ed. And I would want to know that the, that spending makes sense. The K through 12, I'm not bothered by at all. I feel like it's a completely underfunded area of our country, but the higher ed component to this and the vague nature of it make me a little bit nervous. Yeah. I, I would need to make sure that this isn't going to funding someone's pet project at, at different uh, schools or maybe a, a, a planned renovation that's already happening. I, again, I would just need better accounting for, for what this money is actually going for. All right, Dame, next up, $50 billion towards COVID-19 testing. Sure, yes, make it 70 billion. What do I care? Yes, like, yes. I, I, do you disagree with, I mean, does anyone disagree and I, I'm asking honestly, and, and I'm not trying to uh, shame or guilt you into answering the same way. You, you, you are a fiscally conservative person, much more so than me when it comes to government spending. Uh, is there any opposition to $50 billion going towards COVID testing? Uh, I don't know if it's if the opposition would be the number or if it would be the individual costs that we're making that up. You know, are we paying three times as much for a test than we need to be? You know, things of that nature. So. You know, there's you know the old story of governments paying five hundred dollars for a hammer, blah blah sure. blah blah blah. So if if that's what the number genuinely comes to with reasonable costs under underlying it, then yeah, I, I really don't have much of a problem with this. But let's make sure we're getting our money's worth. Uh, next up, twenty billion dollars towards a national vaccine program in partnership with states, local uh, localities. Did I say that right? And tribes. I mean, sure. I, I, that to me though, I have to be very honest with you. That really sounds like an advertising and marketing and promo campaign to convince people they need a vaccine, whether I think that's a good idea or not. I don't know, but that's exactly what that sounds like to me. But Dane, we're going to have to talk about this after the break. This may turn into an entire episode dedicated to this stimulus bill coming up after the break. Well, more of this. I hope you like it. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. This is a dream come true, Dan. This is a dream come true. I love when one topic takes three segments. Is this uh, the first uh, good thing that P Vice President-elect Biden has done for our show? Is that he's already provided uh, an entire show worth of content? That is a fascinating question. Yeah. Already giving things to the people. Vice President, Vice President Biden or President-elect. I'm yeah. sick of calling him President-elect Biden because I, you know, I, like everyone's on eggshells, right? I, you don't know what to say. I, I, I just want to call him President Biden next week so I can quit tiptoeing around the reality that's been our reality since early November. And uh, I'll say this. This is uh, four more years because if he can 
provide content to our show in three segments where we don't have to answer people's questions, then then I, I'm I'm an eight year term for this guy. Does it become a state run media show at that point? Well, that's a really good question. I do believe it was uh, Vice President Pence that wanted state run media, so uh, <laughs> so I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe he'll be on the show after he's out of the White House looking for gigs. We'll put some feelers out. What do you think he does? Like, a serious question. What, what does Vice President Pence do upon leaving his role? Takes two years of uh, consulting and speech tour gigs, uh, so that sort of thing. Uh, reassesses uh, the feasibility of making a run in 20, whatever the next one is, 24, um, which I think he will say no to. And then he'll pick up a um, probably a maybe a teaching gig like quail did interesting i think i agree at the beginning i think he will absolutely he needs money and i i'm not making fun of him he just doesn't have much money he just he's been a lifelong politician he's got a pension a couple pensions not a lot of money so he needs money so he's got to write a book mm -hmm. which if it's not a tell-all book it's not going to get a huge you know payday and it won't be a tell-all book but he will do a lot of speaking i think he ends up as a commentator, if not a talk show host on Fox. That's my well, yeah. best guess. Do you think there's a publishing company that would take that book with some of his stances? I mean, publishing's kind of, I think they've, they've had some, uh, it seems like I saw a story recently where they were just saying, no, we're not going to publish this book because we don't like the person anymore uh, or, or what they said. So do you think uh, he may run into some headwind there? Self-publish, I guess, maybe? No, that's, I, I think, well, not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I think the distinction was they did not want to publish an insurrectionist work as opposed to someone who just has a different thought, right? I think, I, I think the distinction that is being made, and I don't know because I'm not making the distinction. I think the distinction being made is that uh, the person, Holly, I believe, is they just didn't want to do that work. I don't think they'd have a problem publishing Pence's book. I think the question is if anyone would want to buy it and, and you know, whatever. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know anything about publishing. I've published 10 books. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Lively banter during the break. You can always watch the show live on Facebook Live or YouTube Live Fridays at noon Eastern as we record the show. Dame, we are going line by line down through President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. I'm jumping the gun there, calling him President Biden. President-elect. I mean, what's going to happen at this point? I guess I should not say that because at this point, <laughs> I'm tempting fate. All right. So, Dave, I'm going to quickly go through some other elements if people are just joining us on the radio specifically. Direct payments of $1,400 to meet Americans, uh, to, to most Americans, bringing the total relief to $2,000, including December $600 payments. Uh, increasing the federal per week unemployment benefit to $400 and extending it through September, increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, extending the eviction and foreclosure moratorium until the end of September, $350 billion in state and local government aid, $170 billion for K through 12 schools and institutions of higher learning. That's so vague. $15 billion toward COVID-19 testing, $20 billion towards a national vaccine program in partnership with states, localities, and tribes. Dame, this to me, when I think about that, I am all for the vaccine. Like, load me up. 
brother. I'll take all the shots, but I want to share it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll hug you afterwards. Uh, this feels to me like a media campaign to get people to get the shot. Whether, again, whether I agree with that or not, that's $20 million. It feels like it's going to broadcast network. So there's commercials saying, get a shot. Does that not what that feels like? Yeah, you said 20 billion with a billion, B, right? Not okay. Yeah. Uh, what else could it be? I mean, could you possibly use $20 billion in trying to organize shots for people? It's got to be a, a promotion and a campaign to convince people that that's what they need to do. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I think it's been an... The rollout of the vaccine has been an absolute failure, right? The, the vaccine itself is a great success, monumental success. The rollout has been a great failure under this guy, the guise of, well, hey, we'll give it to the states and they need to figure it out. You know, if Russia attacked Alaska, we're not going, hey, Alaska, figure it out. This is on you to figure out, right? I mean, it's it's the federal government started it. It just needs to finish it. And I think what we're going to see in the next 105 days is I think we're likely going to see more people get vaccinated that got than got vaccinated in the first 45 days. I think that's what we're going to see but maybe I'm wrong. Next up, and this one I have no insight on, and I'm embarrassed as usual, making the child tax credit fully refundable for the year and increasing the credit to $3,000 per child and $3,600 for a child under age six. So Dame, there's basically with people with kids, you get additional child tax credit. I think that helps you know families with a bunch of kids and the cost of raising all those kids. Um, you think anyone's going to disagree with that? Why the heck is a young kid worth 600 bucks more than an older kid? Uh, formula. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, uh, our kids are older than that. That's a good question though. I don't know. Just the kind of types of questions I think of dinosaur shaped chicken fingers. Do you remember the first time as a parent, you, you figured out that not only do kids, you know, only eat chicken fingers these days, chicken nuggets, chicken products, but they also, they can get them in dinosaur shapes, which I feel is like it's a little promissory for a kid to be like, I like chicken, I like dinosaurs, and I want my chicken shaped like dinosaurs. I feel like you're over-promising the future. Totally. I and mean, if we're being perfectly honest here, I don't think they taste that good. No. Uh, by the way, Levi uh, on Facebook Live says daycare is the reason for the additional tax credit there. And boy, like I said, I'm embarrassed. All right, so Dame, here we go. That's the bill. The word is on the street that the Biden administration will put out another bill uh, first few months into his presidency, but this is the first bill. So as is, as we've just reported it here live on the Pete the Planner Show on the Pete the Planner Radio Network, Dame, does this thing get passed as is? No. Dame, does this thing get passed? Um, maybe I, that's the best Ooh. I can do for you. Maybe, but there's going to be major changes in it. Does I, I think it gets passed. I, I don't think it's as simple as now that the Democrats can cons, control both sides of Congress. It's not as simple as, well, now, you know, we can do whatever we want. Like that's not going to happen. And, 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 and I think that's actually a good thing, frankly, um, despite the fact that I tend to align with most elements of this bill, I think checks and balances is an important thing. Uh, but there's just some elements of this from, uh, 
that that I don't I don't think are getting through. They're they're just too vague. I think the fifteen dollar an hour federal minimum wage, while I agree with a fifteen dollar federal minimum wage, and I do believe that it would help American households, attaching it to this bill seems it seems both like a good strategic idea and also a bad strategic strategic idea because I think it's really going to beat up the bill. Uh, I think they might have reached for a few things in here because at this point, since they control everything, well, to a point, uh, if it doesn't pass, they can paint the GOP in a, a, a certain light and say that uh, they, they don't care about Americans and, and run politics as usual, which is the farthest thing from what I want to see happen in specific cases just like this, where uh, the good of the, the individual and the good of the country need to come first and, uh, and find some way to compromise on things and, and get, uh, get progress going forward. I saw a, a news story this morning on CNBC, Friday the 15th, uh, that uh, Jim Cramer, you know, bad money, yeah, yeah crazy, stocks, bing, 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 says uh, Tepper, David Tepper, the hedge fund manager, thinks it's hard to bet against stocks considering the Fed and the vaccine on the way. And, you know, just a headline, just a one-liner, it is really hard to disagree with that sentiment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've already got the Fed, Fed, the Fed. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that so much. The Fed pledging to keep rates really low and keep pumping money into the economy as best they can. And uh, vaccines coming to get people out and about and spending uh, time in their, their communities and traveling hopefully soon. Uh, we're going to have money flowing through the economy in theory in the not too distant future. And that means things should be okay uh, outside of anything else that we can, we can uh, foresee at this point. So yeah, I, you know, we made those bold predictions for 2021 uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think we're reasonable. I mean, you were a little out of line, but I think I was reasonable. Okay, so two things about that. Number one, did you see how good of a job Delta Airlines did in the fourth quarter slowing down their cash burn? They cut their cash burn by half. It was something ridiculous, yeah. It was really impressive. And I know that everything's so nuanced and everything's so hot topic. Like the idea that they did that also means that people are flying more, which is both good and bad. Like, how do you get your head around that? The other story I want to talk about, though, I said the S&P 500 was going to be up 22% in 2021, right? Which is a really aggressive prediction. And I don't want anyone to act on that, by the way. Disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. I did an event earlier this week with a bunch of financial advisors <laughs> and as a, like a icebreaker, I said, Hey, in the chat, just so you know how this works, uh, go ahead and type. This isn't a public event, right? It's not a public event because a financial advisor, an actual financial advisor is not going to give a prediction. Right. They shouldn't. So everyone listed their predictions and as they're doing and they're coming in, I'm trying to kill time so that people can come in and there's no mm -hmm. dull moment. I said, you know, on my radio show, Last week, uh, I predicted 22%. I start reading all the answers and they're like, seven, 11, <laughs> four, minus two. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, wow. So, and I actually, I was like, so we're going to go forward in this event with no more credibility behind this microphone. <laughs> like these are people that actually manage money. And I was like, 22%. <laughs> oh, it was just That's another true. Wednesday. 
All right, Dame, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. This is an all-timer, all-timer in current events in honor of Christy Lee, of how news should be read on the radio. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. You got to quit dropping that name, man. It freaks me out. Why? I keep thinking she's just going to pop up on a window that I can't see on the show and, and critique me as I'm doing it. You're a huge fanboy. I am. I know. All right. Um, Daniel left. Um, I think, uh, by the way, uh, Chip Maxwell, Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Jameson Schuler popped in early, but he had to leave early. It's tough. People are not prioritizing the show anymore. There's starting to be a lot of hurt feelings. I mean, if you expect on winning the 2021 award uh, for whatever we give it out for, participation <clears throat> counts. All right, Dame, you ready for biggest waste of money of the week and all that good stuff? I am get your news anxiously, anxiously, yeah, I'm anxiously waiting to see this big bomb. All right, five, four, three, two. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Chamberlain MyQ Pet Portal. Chamberlain's MyQ has allowed for internet-based control of garage doors for years. Now, they're bringing the technology to the doggy door market, dubbed the Pet Portal. This door uses a Bluetooth low-energy collar beacon to know when a pet needs out or in. Twin 1080p cameras allow for monitoring of the animal's comings and goings, and IR and touch sensors prevent accidental early closings. It comes integrated into a variety of Colby doors, ensuring that it matches the decor of the home. And owners can receive push notifications letting them know that their furry friends have been up to available this spring. All right, Dame. A Bluetooth-enabled uh, open sesame for Fido. What do you think this costs it's not just that door itself you have to buy the whole door because it's not just the slider right yeah th this is where it gets complicated you're not just cutting a hole in the door and putting some insert in it is the door uh i'm gonna go with uh 2500 bucks Ooh, ooh. I, let's just say here for a moment that might be one of the best guesses that you've ever had on this show Oh, the doors start at $3,000. Now, doors are expensive. I think if people never bought a door before, uh, surprisingly expensive. I don't know, man. I, I get it. And I love technology. I will tell you the finest piece of technology we've purchased in our house. I think I mentioned on the show in the last couple of weeks is our Amazon Fire Stick with the voice remote. It's, it is truly the most convenient thing on the planet. But, you know, does your dog need a, you know, a grocery store door? Really? Feels like a lot could go wrong here. It's the next phase of this is going to have that little heater that blows hot air down just to make sure that you. you... Oh my God. <laughs> is, okay. So this is, we are, we are now in first world problem territory here. Obviously all bombs are first world problems. Um, of course, Kristen. Kristen from the team says she needs one. Of course she does. Uh, here's the issue with this for me. 
Do you ever get a great piece of technology that you become so dependent on and then when it inevitably glitches, you just hate life and everything involved with it? You ever I get think, there? I think that's a phone for everybody at this point, isn't it? Oh, that's true. You want to hear my current gripe in, in this regard? Sure. All right. So I, I, I was going to say the best use of money. I was going to be positive this week. I was going to say is the Peloton fitness app. I find the app incredible value. It's like 13 bucks a month or something like that, I think. And it, uh, it's got amazing workouts. It integrates with your Apple watch and all these sorts of things. So from time to time, when I'm on the treadmill and I'm doing a tread workout and my, my phone's on the treadmill and it's telling me what speeds and all of this, it's supposed to hook to your Apple watch so that it will keep on your screen. It goes to your screen. And it shows you your heart rate, mm -hmm. your current pace and distance. I mean, a beautiful solution. Here's the thing, bro. Totally glitchy, totally glitchy one out of every three times it doesn't work. And then I'm mad that I worked out because I don't have the data. Because to me, the whole part of working out is the data that I can then comb through and annoy my wife with later that night. I'll say, honey, I did this or that. And she gets this face that says, I'm humoring you right now. And uh, I like seeing that face. I, I can't imagine uh, trying to brag about running data to your wife. Maybe that's the issue. Every once in a while, you say something that just blows my mind. Dane, what is in the news this week? Retailers have a new message for consumers looking to return an item. Keep it. Amazon, Walmart, and other companies are using artificial intelligence to decide whether it makes economic sense to process a return for inexpensive items or large ones that would incur hefty shipping fees. It's often cheaper to refund the purchase price and let consumers keep the products. Pete, doesn't this seem like it's an idea that's going to be rife with adverse uh, circumstances? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I get it. I think that's genius. I think you just have to cut your losses sometimes, especially if you offer free returns and all those sorts of things. And this is also a byproduct of free shipping. Mm -hmm. uh, I read this really long form Atlantic style article. Do you ever read Atlantic articles? Uh, only when they're shared with me. They are the longest. I think it's called the Atlantic because it takes an entire flight across the Atlantic Ocean to read one of them. Yeah. I read one about, you know, all the bad parts of free delivery. And and I would I would assume this is one of them is that like a weird, you know, butterfly wing sort of aspect. All of this is the amount of fraud that free shipping almost promotes indirectly. Yeah, I agree. Walmart said earlier this week that it's creating a fintech startup with Ribbit Capital, one of the venture capital firms that was backed Robinhood. Walmart didn't tip its cards too much as to its future plans, although it did say it will develop unique and affordable financial products for Walmart employees and customers. Now, Pete, Walmart already offers some financial services for customers, including the Walmart Money Card, a prepaid debit card that customers can load with money and use for purchases. But the broader push into fintech and potential relationships with Robinhood and Credit Karma, which is also backed by Root Capital, opens the doors for services including banking, credit cards, insurance, brokerage, money management, and lending. Basically everything. Walmart could now become a one-stop shop for your majority of financial needs. Where's the Glass-Steagall Act when you need it? You know, like, so 
I don't want to make comments here because I will I will sound more bougie than usual, but hard pass, hard pass. I'm I'm going to go another way. I think this has a potential to help the unbanked quite a bit and make it a little bit more accessible to them. You're not going to go bank at Walmart, Pete. You're not their target customer. However, target customer. <laughs> However, they could... Uh, <laughs> This is your best show in years. They could uh, potentially really make a difference in certain communities, making banking more attainable. I agree. And I think for some reason you stole my rose-tinted glasses today. Um, there's no way it stops. These will be predatory products, Dame. Oh, Pete. I told you I didn't want to talk about it because here's the thing. Yes, in a perfect world, it gets the unbanked banked, which is a beautiful important, seemingly impossible problem that we've not been able to solve in financial services for the last 20 years. I love it. It's great. However, come on. There's no money in that. And therefore, no private equity firm is going to invest in getting the unbanked banked. That's so cute. Do you think Walmart needs private equity? <laughs> well, isn't it, isn't it a, a partnership? Didn't yeah, you just rib, say that? Rib, ribbit Capital, yeah. Oh, a private equity firm? I'd like to tell you uh, and probably close the show with a, a little story about pressure, Pete. Okay. Stefan Thomas, a German-born programmer living in San Francisco, has two guesses left to figure out a password that oh is worth, God. as of this week, $245 million. The password will let him unlock a hard drive known as an iron key, which contains private keys to a digital wallet. It's very small. It holds 7,002 Bitcoin, currently valued right around 35 grand a piece. Problem is, he lost the paper that he wrote the password down on a few years ago. And so he's been trying different combinations of frequently used passwords, and he's struck out eight times. So I read the story, and I sent it to you, I think. You know how sometimes people are like, oh, it just made me sick when I read that. Um, I f physically felt ill and had instant like vicarious anxiety attack for this guy. I, I can't, there's a lot of bad things, health, losing loved ones. Yeah. Not to be dismissive of that. However, this is, this is a nightmare, a nightmare. I, how does he sleep? He, he's had to have had like five minutes of sleep due to just total exhaustion since this whole thing started. Can you imagine if you figured it out, but fat fingered one of the keys and hit enter and stop, locked yourself stop. out? I'm getting, you're making me ill. Oh my God, I got to go. Show's over. You've ended the show. You had a good show. You messed it up there by making me sick. Sending everyone else good vibes, not Dame, because it's all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This was our show. I, that story is awful. It's and, and the weird thing is, in light of everything else we're dealing with, it. I don't know. What are you supposed to feel about it other than I can't imagine the inside of that man. He's just driving by Ferrari dealerships. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. You know what I feel bad about? There's a bunch of people that don't feel bad for that guy. And I feel bad that people don't feel bad for that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a significant amount of money probably invested in Bitcoin with 7,002, uh, even if he bought them over a period of time. But not anywhere close to 250 million. I, I got to end the show. I'm not doing anything. Actually, I've got, I got stuff to do, but I, I, I got to go. I can't do this anymore. Damien, 
good discussion. Look at you and I discussing the role of federal government. Neither of us attacked the other one. Who would win in a fist fight between you and me? You're uh, pretty uh, pretty small these days. I mean, you might be able to out uh, outlast me with some stamina there. We're not in the same weight class, is that what you're saying? Not anywhere close. I thought about that this morning as I stepped on the scale and thought, oof, that's not pretty. Um, I think I would definitely lose in an all-out battle royale with you. I mean, you've already said you're more of a tickler and not a fighter. Oh, I would, I would tickle you. I got bad news. I'm not ticklish. I will tell you this. Uh, in high school, there was a guy who took pleasure in, in beating the hell out of people. And one day he chose me as his target. And he came up to me in the hall and he would just like pick someone and, and shove them. And then the person would take the bait and charge them like a moron and then get pummeled. Well, so he pushed me and I immediately went to the only defensive posture that I've ever had, which is just to try to make him laugh because I'm not going to fight anybody. Right. I'm just not going to. And so I was like, dude, you are going to hurt your fists on my face. I was like, I've got a really hard head. I'm very stubborn. Now you will win. You will win, but at cost. And so like people are gathering around and then like people start laughing and then he starts laughing. He's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to miss trig. I got to go. <laughs> like, and I was like, I, I saved myself with my witty banter. And now I'm a radio show host on nearly seven affiliates in Indiana alone. Congratulations. Dame tonight's p- deep dish pizza night here at the planner oh. household. I made the dough last night. It's been uh, proofing, uh, rising, whatever. And no one cares. Um, and I'm very excited. I, I'm excited for you. Save me a slice. It'll oh, be bad by the time pigs. I see you again, though. Uh, what's the new social media? It just came out. The people are on. I just saw it last night. It's like a popular one, not like a like a gab fringe one. It's like a control gab? center. What? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, social media. Yeah, not a not a Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no, it's like a Twitter thing. It's like a what's it called? It's a. It's not gab. What? It's not gab. No, no, no. Oh, I don't okay. know. I'll figure it out. I, I'm not going to get on it. I don't have time for these things. Good piece. Yeah, I'm boy, I'm really glad I brought that up. Hey everybody, have a good week. Take care of each other. Enjoy the inauguration and the inauguration as well as the first pup is uh so telegram. No, that's not it, Jordan. I gotta end the show. I mean, I'm just talking at this point. It's not good for anyone. Goodbye.